They're hipster, but I way more hip. Hey everyone, welcome to the third episode of the Fantasy Hipsters podcast. We made it three episodes in. I'm Franchise. I got my boy Matt Harmon right across from me. What's going on, Matt? Hello, Franchise. Hey, hey. It's good to it's good to be talking to you again. It's been a busy last couple of weeks, like with yeah. free agency just smacking us right in the face right after the combine. Um, I we often say this, but uh, it, it's great how the NFL and great. I'm kind of saying that facetiously, but designs itself. To just you're just never not paying attention to it. You yeah. always have to be paying attention to the NFL, and I think by moving the combine and free agency closer to each other, they've really accomplished that. Goal oh yeah, there was no room to breathe. And the last time we recorded was uh, last Wednesday, which was like the day before all the official free agency news started to drop. So we got a little touched on some of the early stuff, like Brandon Marshall. Right. But the next day, man, the news came came hot and heavy. So we got a lot to catch up on here. I was happy to see people. Um, still listen to this podcast the day after episode two and like the following days after it dropped because to me it was like oh my god i feel like everything we talked about is like already irrelevant but it was not evergreen content (laughs) at the top it was not evergreen content uh but hey anyways but what's what else is uh before we get talking we should probably uh for one thank the uh providers of our fantastic music our intro music is as flames as ever it comes from uh, ty miller and oakstone ashes who you can find on twitter at oakstone ashes and oh by the way rocking their t-shirt right now nice yeah ty sent us a couple of uh, oakstone ashes t-shirts and it looks looks good it does look good i gotta I, I will say i gotta i gotta probably wash it once to shrink it up so that it really hugs the figure well right yeah because right. i don't know if you know this but i do work out you're ripped bro <laughs> so definitely shout out to uh, Ty Miller and, and Oakstone Ashes for sure. The music just gets, I feel like it literally gets better every time. Um, for sure. It's catchy as hell. Yeah. Also, do you want to tell the people about uh, the sponsor of, of today's podcast? Our sponsor, the official sponsor of the Fantasy Hipsters podcast is Do Champs Grooming Co. They are uh, grooming products for men. They got beard oil, they got hair wax, they got beard balm, they got lip balm, they got beard wash, they got combs. They have all this stuff you can buy in packages. If you're if you're a lady looking for a gift for your man, these packages are a perfect perfect idea. We use this stuff every single day. It smells good. It helps helps us stay looking good. It's in my hair and my beard right now. Uh, Do Champs grooming vintage inspired hand, vintage inspired handmade grooming products. For the modern day man. Yeah, man. I've got the uh, beard oil and the beard balm in right now. Looking real good. My beard. I have not. I haven't shaved since January, by the way. And uh, it's good Good that Duchamp's grooming is making it look at least a little passable. Yeah, but helps I tame it a little bit. I got to say, I, got, I need to actually update my Duchamp's grooming uh, montage here because I need uh, I need to get some more oil. And I'm, tr- I'm trying to try that beard wash out because yeah. I think that will really improve my uh, my beard look. So I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go to Duchamp's grooming grooming.co and order myself something and you listeners out there should do the same yeah all right all right well cool business out of the way how's everything else going with you good i mean there was a crazy blizzard in the northeast the last couple days here my dad was sending me all kinds of he lives in upstate new york sending me all kinds of crazy pictures he lives in binghamton new york is a suburb um north you know upstate he said it's most snow ever recorded in Binghamton in history. I think he said something like 35 inches, which is right around three feet. 
That's outrageous. Yeah. I'm glad we don't have to deal with that here Insane. in Southern California. No, I, I was sending my family pictures of like palm trees and sunshine yesterday and 73 degrees. And yeah, it does. It does kind of become an obligation when you live out here that you have to be that jackass yes. too. Like, oh, look at all my friends back home posting pictures of snow. Let me just show a quick, uh, quick no cloud in the in the sky picture here. You know, going out, to the out. beach, yeah. going to the pool. <laughs> sorry, not sorry. It's too bad this isn't a video podcast, so they could have just seen that little move you just made there. You look like a garden gnome. Oh, that's not good. Well, it's okay. <laughs> but yeah, well, good stuff. Uh, yeah, that's what's going on, though. I mean, we got a lot of football stuff to catch up on, so let's get into it. Let's Some get into free it. agency reactions here. Let's start with the most recent big news. Eddie Lacy signed with the Seahawks for one year. $5 million on that one year, too. I think. Uh, Not bad. Yeah, I think that's top 10 running back money because nobody's paying running backs anymore. They're like basically punters. Right. Uh, but, but, yeah, it's it's pretty big money for Eddie Lacy there. Uh, it's. It's, what do you think of that Seattle backfield right now? Because they got Thomas Rawls, they got CJ Proceis, our boy CJ Proceis, and uh, you know they've also got the, now Eddie Lacy there. It's just a mess now. And anyone who owned Thomas Rawls or CJ Proceis in dynasty formats are going to be upset about this. Lacy comes in, he's going to steal touches from both of them. I'm sure there'll be some kind of competition at camp, but I think uh, Thomas Rawls and CJ Proceis are going to team up and try to like plant. Twinkies and ding dongs and stuff in Eddie Lacy's locker oh, during man. the summer to try to keep him from losing weight. So if you've been living under a rock, maybe yeah. you missed the news that Eddie Lacy apparently showed up to his visit, one of his team visits, and I would be willing to bet that one of his team visits was the one he showed up with the Packers. Because isn't that funny that they made him visit with the team? Yes, that's. I think that was a pretty bad sign for him. That's like, yeah, we've we've had you here since you're since you were drafted. Uh, but you still need to do a team visit with us. It's like, what in the world? Yeah, basically, it was weird when I saw that. Basically, that just means they wanted to weigh him. They wanted to have him take a physical before they <laughs> offered him money or anything. But apparently he showed up 267 pounds. Insane. That's outrageous for a running back. And I saw I saw a picture of him. I couldn't, I, again, I can't remember which visit it was. But I, and he, I mean, he looks big again. Yeah. Like he looks like he's got. Was it, it the airport photo? Yeah, the yeah. airport photo. Yeah, and I only I only know that because shout out to my buddy Hank Jones. There's a guy in the background uh, with like with like a just a giant chin beard, and yeah. he zoomed in on that guy and said, "Oh look, my pal Matt Harmon." <laughs> <laughs> nice. So shout out to Hank for that one. But anyways, like I don't know, man. I'm out on Eddie Lacy. I'm o- I'm over it. I t- I told I don't think you were in Slack in our NFL Network Slack or whatever when I said this, but I told the guys, I told Marcus and Alex and everybody else in there. I was like, I don't even think he's going to rush for 700 yards this year. No. I'd be I'd be shocked. I mean, let's, especially if it's a split workload. And... Right. Let's go over the negatives. Yeah. All right. One, he's obviously overweight. Yeah. Even if he lost 20 pounds right now, he'd still be 247. Right. Which that maybe he can play at, but I just can't imagine that. A running back can play at 267. That's outrageous to me. Again, so he's overweight. He's been injured the last two years, probably because he's not conditioning well. That's what happens to you when you're out of shape. You get hurt a lot. Yeah. Three, he hasn't put good film out there for two years. And no. you can give me a break with like his yards per carry or whatever in the games that he's played in 2015 or 2016. Yeah. He's not been a good, he's not been a plus running back the last two years. He's been like maybe replacement level NFL running back yeah. at, at best. So whatever. He hasn't put good film out there. And then he's in a split backfield. By the way, that team is also trending up in pass play percentage and 
the offensive line is still bad. It is still bad, and that was a big issue last year. Their biggest addition is Luke Jokel, who was a bust with the Jaguars at left tackle. They moved him into guard, and he was like, whatever. But that's their big addition is yeah. him on a one-year deal. So what yeah. good can you say about Eddie Lacy right now with the Seahawks? And, you know, I feel... <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I good question. I feel for the guy because, I, like, you know, there's articles out there that he, you know, might have depression or he, he's shown some symptoms of that in the past. And, like, honestly, I just think, you know, coming out of school, one of the big problems or one quote-unquote problems with him as a draft prospect was that he didn't love football or whatever. Mm -hmm. And I got to imagine it's a real pain to stay, uh, stay in shape and become like be do all you have to do to be a professional athlete if you don't actually love playing football. So yeah, it is a grind. Yeah, maybe just maybe just find something else to do, man. Like it's it's okay. Sometimes if you're if you're good at something, it doesn't mean you have to do it. But yeah. I just I forget. Like I don't I don't care about Eddie Lacy at all in the twenty in twenty seventeen. For fantasy, he can go in the 20th round of an MFL 10. No thanks. Don't care. That's harsh. It's harsh, but look, like I said, I don't even think he's going he's gonna to hit like 700 yards. It's just ridiculous to me that there's nothing positive to say about that. And like we have on our rundown here, Jamal Charles is still visiting the Seahawks. Yeah, so they're still talking to other running backs. Like they, are, they have this depth now, and they're still like that. It, that can't be a good sign, right? Yeah. They're not like, hey, we got Lacey. Like, let's move on here. Let's look at the draft. No, they still want to, they still want more veteran depth there. So right, the only thing that would change my mind about what I just said is if Thomas Rawls were to get traded or released or something. But that seems kind of like it wouldn't happen because he's on cheap still UDFA yes, contract. So. Right. And I think they have big plans for CDA ProSize, and I, I don't know. Just I weird. think I think Lacey is more of insurance because Rawls and ProSize are both pretty injury prone. But I mean, Lacey is too, and it's just like, yeah, I, I don't know. Maybe it's this a mess. Is, and maybe this is a hipster take too. Mm -hmm. um, but the the jokes about they signed Eddie Lacey to play offensive lineman not funny anymore, guys. No. It was like barely funny. Uh, Tuesday morning when this news came down, yeah. and it was not fun. It's certainly not funny when it, people are still making it Wednesday morning. These so. jokes are not going to end. No, they're, they're not. Never they're going to end. They're not going to end. But it's too easy, therefore not funny. So if you're making that joke still, give me a break. All right, all right. That's my. Those are my talk. Those are my takes on Eddie Lacy. That's that took a, a long time. That's Eddie Lacy. Let's <laughs> move on. I was actually. Uh, I was at Trader Joe's last weekend, and I was checking out, and there were two guys behind me, and I heard them. I overheard what they were talking about. I heard, like, oh, Antonio Brown, I mean, maybe Mike Evans and, you know, uh, Odell Beckham. And I, like, swung my head around, and I was like, hey, guys. <laughs> What's up, you guys talking I receivers? Don't know if you know this, but you're, you're behind an expert in line. Right? Yeah, I didn't, I, didn't, I didn't put that out oh, you there, but I was just like, hey, guys, you talking wide receivers? You didn't flash your fantasy I expert card? I didn't flash, and then they were like, oh, you know, we're just trying to figure out, like, where Brandon Cooks might go in fantasy drafts next year because he's with the Patriots now. And I was like, oh, man, I have takes, but I got to run. I got to get out of here. <laughs> Good talking with you guys. <laughs> but anyway, Brandon Cooks traded, right? He was traded to the Patriots. So, right. damn, no days with, off. They with, win a Super Bowl, and then they go upgrade their wide receiver staff. With a package that included their first-round pick this year, the, the 32nd pick. Uh, Patriots don't need picks? Apparently not. They have. I don't think they have a first- or second-round pick right now as, as we stand here today because they traded their their second-round pick to get Coney Ely and a third-round pick from the Panthers, who, by the way, Coney Ely's not good. You might remember that he had a good Super Bowl game, but he's he's done like literally nothing in his career other than that. So every move that New England makes is not like the GOAT home run move, right. just, just to be right. clear. Everybody chill. <laughs> but anyways, Brandon Cook's like... Look, I what have. 
Go ahead. Go ahead. I have long been on the record that I that reception perception and me personally thinks that uh, Brandon Cooks is overrated. Like that yes. he's not a number one receiver by any stretch of the word. He he's he's not like gotten better throughout his career. He's stayed exactly the same. Yeah. Uh, as a player, his reception perception scores have actually fluctuated. Like, you know, he was down his first year a little bit better and then last this year so he's been he's been an inconsistent up and down player that's it and you know I'm still get people are still arguing with me about Brandon Cooks and I don't know I feel pretty vindicated about the opinion because what look what happened last year uh, like another receiver was drafted and took his spot as the number one player right away right Michael, Michael Thomas, Thomas out targeted him he was more of a factor in the red zone yep. he was more of that you know move the chains type of receiver yeah um so I don't know what people are still arguing about Brandon Cooks. I think it's because people just lose sight of the fact when we're out of the season that, especially if you own him in fantasy, he's a chore to predict, predict week to week. Right. He's um, very inconsistent in terms of his fantasy points on a weekly basis. Right. And that is right in tune with his play as well. But so here's, here's the thing, though. I think this is a really good trade for the Patriots. I, you know... Uh, our buddy J.J. Zacharyson wrote a really good article about like how people overvalue draft picks. And it's like, give up a first-round pick for Brandon Cooks. Even if I don't think Brandon Cooks is an elite number one receiver yeah. or, or even just a number one in general, I think giving up a first-round pick for him is great. Because at the 32nd pick, who are you going to get that is definitely going to be better than Brandon Cooks? I don't know right. if anybody It's will. already a lottery ticket at that point. Right. You know what Brandon Cooks is, and I think he does bring – an element to this offense of speed that they don't have in their passing game right now. For sure. And Julian Edelman's getting older. He's got injury issues piling up. It's also in the last year of his contract. So I tweeted this at the, at the, when it went down too on Friday or whatever, that I could conceivably see this being like the sign that we're in the twilight of the Edelman era there. In I New agree England. with that for sure. Because he's in the last year of his deal. He's had some injury problems, but at the same time that chemistry between Edelman and Brady is very real. Yeah, um, they're how, bros. However, that was the same way it was with Wes Welker, you right. know, and he moved on in his early 30s and went to play with Denver. And those slot guys, they they tend to when it slips, it slips because they, you know, they're not getting hit on the sideline by cornerbacks. They're getting blasted by safeties and linebackers and taking a lot of punishment. So yeah. Edelman could follow that path, and Cooks, he plays a little bit in the slot. He also plays a little bit outside. So I could see him taking over that role, even though they're very different players. Um, when Edelman does indeed move on. So, I don't know. It's a good trade for the Patriots, but, you know, if you're trying to project their offense, even from a season-long perspective or a week-to-week perspective, it's a real chore because they're stacked with weapons right now. Right. It's it, As much as the Saints were unpredictable, the Patriots are even more unpredictable. But, I mean, so, look, Brandon Cooks finished as a wide receiver eight in standard scoring last year with 1,173 yards and eight touchdowns. And Michael Thomas was a wide receiver nine right behind him. Do you think Cooks... Cooks's value increases or decreases? I don't see how it. I honestly, I don't see how it increases. Same, um, because not only do this, I think the Patriots right now have more weapons that they would prioritize getting the ball to than the Saints did last year. Because, I mean, they had Kobe Fleener who was a bust as a free agent signing. Mm-hmm. They do throw to the running backs a lot, but so did the Patriots. And then their top three receivers were pretty much the guys getting getting the bulk of the targets with Thomas Cooks and Willie Sneed. Right. Who I think is really a big winner from this Sneed's, trade. But Sneed's gonna bump up. Sneed's bumping up. Yes. Um to what degree I don't know. But anyways, 
the Patriots also overall throw less than the Saints because they win more games. They have a better defense. Like the Saints lead the league in passing yards right. and pass attempts. Their almost, defense you know, is or, awful. Right. Yeah, they're like in the top five pretty much every year. And the Saints also ran the most plays I think per game last year. Again, at least in the top five. So I don't really see how this can at at all be an increase in Brandon Cooks's value. But like you mentioned, those guys talking about it in the store, like right. people they, will they automatically yeah. are like, oh, Cooks went to a better team in the Patriots, so his fan value therefore like he will go higher in drafts which just I don't think is is the no, case at all. me neither but what about Michael Thomas do you think this bumps up or people will bump up Michael Thomas too much I mean I think he's I think he I think he's a high-end wide receiver too now mm-hmm. see here's the thing about Michael Thomas I think that people are going to be aggressive about him in his in his second year um but a lot of people have already said this, that you know the Saints historically don't funnel targets to one wide receiver. Right. In order to think that Michael Thomas is going to have to live up to these optimistic expectations that people are going to have of him, you really have to consider him an outlier from what we've seen from the, from the Saints in the past in terms of pass catchers. But I think Michael Thomas can be that outlier. Um, I think the, the chalk move is going to be from you know a lot of sharp analysts or whatever, they're going to say, like, fade... Michael Thomas in 2017 because of his price but I think almost like that might go too far and not that he'd be a value in fantasy drafts or whatever but I think that he could be that outlier because he's that good he's he's special I've been looking at his games for reception for reception he's incredible he's a talented dude for sure yeah, he's incredible so we'll see all right let's move on uh, we got, well, Alshon Jeffrey. This was one of the earlier moves Alshon Jeffrey and Torrey Smith both went to the Eagles uh, so that's big news for Carson Wentz and the Eagles' uh, pass-catching core there. Yeah. I feel like the last couple seasons this time of year, we're always talking about the Eagles. Like two years ago, it was Chip Kelly bringing DeMarco Murray and Ryan Matthews in. Last year, it was Doug Peterson, with the new coach, and Carson Wentz in the draft. And now they get the biggest wide receiver on the free agent market in Alshon Jeffrey. It's a one-year sort of prove-it deal for $14 million dollars. So he's getting paid. Yeah, apparently he turned down uh, more long-term security from both the Bears and the Vikings as well, which the Vikings is, is pretty interesting considering uh, they actually, we'll talk about player they re-signed later, and also they drafted Laquan Treadwell in the first round last year. Mm-hmm. But that doesn't seem like it's a good sign for Treadwell. But anyways, um, it, he did turn down more long-term security essentially to bet on himself uh, to be the number one receiver with this uh, Eagles offense. Now, I mentioned this before, Carson Wentz was one of the top 10 most aggressive quarterbacks per our next-gen stats, throwing into tight coverage last year, and I think that's exactly the type of quarterback that Alshon Jeffrey should play for. So I, I see him as as definitely filling that dominant number one receiver role there. And Torrey Smith definitely, like, he flamed out in uh, in San, San Francisco Fran. hard. Yeah. <laughs> like, he basically didn't exist. Yeah, he, yeah, pretty much he didn't exist. Um, but I still think he can play. I, I'll still die on that hill, like that he's a good player, and I think he'll fill you know the number three or four target role there. Um, and presuming they don't trade Jordan Matthews, and there's been some whispers of that, I think they've got a real like they've gone from a complete trash heap of a receiver core <laughs> yeah. to a real good like. One, two, three there with Jeffrey, Matthews in the slot, and then Torrey as the field stretcher outside. Like right. that, that should theoretically be a good passing a- game. Any way you look at it, it's a huge upgrade over who Doriel Green, Beckham, Nelson, Aguilar, and you know, Matthews was there last year. But it's a huge upgrade for Wentz, too. So he could be 
kind of a sneaky like late round quarterback this yeah. year if we can if we can see what I don't know if Wentz is that good. Well, we'll see. He's still very young. Yeah, I don't know. Well, he's, he's still developing. He's old for a second year quarterback. Oh. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> you know who feels like he should be old, but is still, I think, only 28 is Torrey Smith. I don't know. Yeah, he's, he's one of those guys that just, like, seems... Well, he came in as he is a pretty young pro. He came in young for a rookie. Yeah. Um, franchise, right. franchise loves when you do the... He's he's old for a second year back. Yeah, old for old for a rookie wide receiver. That's just because franchise is old for a third-year fantasy writer. That's, well, I'm 31. Yeah, that's pretty old for a third-year <laughs> fantasy writer. Oh, third year. I thought you said third. I, I know what you're saying. No, I know how old you are. But anyways. Let's, uh, yeah, anyway. I don't know. Carson Wentz, he had an up-and-down rookie year to me. We'll, we'll see. We'll see. He didn't have a lot to work I know. with, though. So now we'll, I think we'll know a lot more about him this time next year after working with guys like Alshon Torrey and Jordan Matthews all together as opposed to what he was working with last year. But to me, like, his mechanics died off in the end of last year. And, like, I thought that his the beginning of his season was just way too overhyped. But that's just me. Gotcha. All right. Up next. Oh. Oh. The GOAT. Danny Woodhead signs with the Baltimore Ravens. Heck yeah, buddy. This came, this kind of, in the flurry of this news happening, the Ravens, like, the Ravens leaked out, uh, like, Kenneth Dixon getting suspended for four games for PEDs, I believe. So it kind of, after that news leaked out, it kind of made, the Danny Woodhead uh, signing made sense. And then the team comes out and says, now we're going to sign Danny Woodhead anyway. Either way, Woodhead is with the Ravens now. Now, Dude, look. I love it. Yeah, it's pretty pretty good. It's a perfect fit, right? It so, really is. Look, let me just say, Danny Woodhead has had serious lower body injuries in two of the last three seasons. I think it was a broken fibula in week three of 2014. And then last year, I think it was week two, he tore his right ACL. So he hasn't played, made it past week three in two of the last three seasons. Um, in the one season he did in 2015, he was great as a fantasy back, but he's already 32 years old. He'll be nearing 33 by playoff time next season. There's no guarantee he's going to be 100% coming off a torn ACL at 32 years old. Uh, but I think the fit works. They got rid of Kyle Juszczyk, the fullback. He went to San Francisco, who actually led Baltimore running backs last year in receptions with 37 uh, Baltimore running backs combined for 118 receptions last year. So they like to throw the ball to their running backs. Yeah, they, they do. And this comes in from Warren Sharp, who was tweeting this to me a couple of days ago or, you know, whatever. Uh, he's really great. If you don't follow Warren Sharp, you really should. At yeah. Sharp Football, he's got a bunch of great, unique stats and, like, super analytical guy that is, you know, if you if you bet on games, you play fantasy, or if you just want to be smarter about football, you should definitely check him out. But he, he, said, he sent this to me. He said, Harbaugh said last – that he liked the offense's improvement over the last uh, stretch of the season. And from week 12 on, they mostly eliminated deep passes. Wide receivers had 17 targets per per game. Running backs, 11 targets per game. And tight ends, 8 targets per game over that stretch. And then from also from week 12 onward, 27% of the Ravens' passes went to the running backs. That was the highest rate in the NFL. That's insane. And they just got like the one of the best pass-catching running backs um, in, the, in the NFL. In Danny Woodhead, so I think they signed him to use him. You know, Kenneth Dixon. I've been I've been hard on the Kenneth Kenneth Dixon truthers yes. basically from the get go. Mm-hmm. I think he's like a fine talent, um, but I always thought people were aggressive about that situation. And I mean, to me, like they're going to keep Terrence West. They they slapped a restricted free agent tender on him, so yeah. he has the goal line role. Uh, 
Woodhead has the pass catching role, for, role presumably in an offense that likes to throw to running backs. Like, yep. what does that leave for for Kenneth Dixon? I think he's gonna, you know, he's gonna have to prove that he deserves playing time when he gets back from this suspension. And if Woodhead is is playing well, I don't know if that's gonna happen. Yeah, I mean, he was a fourth round pick. Like that that matters. You know, that's that's not a big investment or anything. Uh, I will say the one thing that is nice about about him is that Harbaugh was complimentary of him. I think at the NFL scouting combine yes. when they already knew about, even though it wasn't announced, the Ravens already knew about the suspension. So they still they still like him. It's not over for his career, but I mean, Woodhead signing is I think a great move for the old uh, the old um, whatever that whatever that team is the Raven or the Ravens. Yeah, that's what I, that's that's who it is. Joe and, Flat, uh, yeah. the Joe Flacco led Ravens. Yeah, there we go. Now they just need some wide receivers. Yes, <laughs> Rashad Perryman and Mike Wallace, number one and two right now yeah. on the old depth chart. So. All right, so Woodhead to the Ravens. Remember that one. Uh, up next, we got Terrell Pryor signs with the Redskins. Yeah, this is pretty fun. Yeah, this is so something. Honestly, is just weird about the Terrell Pryor thing to me hmm. because apparently the Browns offered him more money uh, to stay, uh, like an eight million dollar per year or eight million per year uh, deal. But he took like a six million with two million in incentives there hmm. uh, to go to Washington on a one-year deal. So I don't know. It's the Terrell Pryor thing is weird. And I don't know if you saw like the intro video of him getting um, kind of introduced by their no. social media account. No. It looked like a hostage video, and he's like, he's basically just like, "Let's go," instead of like, <laughs> <laughs> and just like with this weird smile. So I don't know. Something's weird about the Terrell Pryor thing, but. From a from a projection standpoint, yeah. great landing spot. I mean, Heck they yeah. they bo- they just lost Deshaun Jackson and Pierre Garçon. Yeah, over two hundred targets combined, over two thousand yards combined between the two of them last year. It's a ton of room for opportunity, um, and you know a lot of things need to break right, and things mostly don't break right in Washington. But I would think that <laughs> Doxton, Pryor, Jamison Crowder, and Jordan Reed as a as a pass catching group is pretty sick. Yeah, it's pretty intimidating. I think. If I were Terrell Pryor, I might take a pay cut just to play with Kirk Cousins over whoever the hell the Browns quarterback is going to be. That's fair. Maybe it was kind of, again, like Alshon, one-year deal, bet on yourself in a pass-heavy offense. Yeah. And and by the way, I've, I've looked at his reception perception from last year, too. Unbelievable uh, how good he was in his first year playing wide receiver. I mean, he scored very well for me across the board, but I think his best area is running that slant route underneath he's got one of the best scores i've ever charted on slant routes in particular and if you watch any washington that washington offense they scheme guys open on those slants and make those easy reads and passes for kirk cousins and i think he could just eat on those on those passes if he pushes 150 targets for some reason yeah, in that offense like a lot. He, yeah that's a lot um i don't know what he had off the top of my head what he had last year but uh, he's a if he, he had pushed, a thousand yards. He did have a thousand yards, but so if he pushes a good amount of targets, like don't be surprised if he just racks up yardage. And, and you know he's they're probably going to be their red zone threat too. You you would think. You think he's like a top fifteen wide receiver next year? Um, I think he could be. He was wide receiver eighteen last year with a thousand and seven yards and four touchdowns. Yeah. I mean, I could, I could conceivably, I could tell myself a story of how it happens. If Doxon doesn't come back a hundred percent, if, um, yeah, you know, if that, if that offense is still rolling, I mean, I definitely think Jordan, yeah, and Jordan Reed's always a question mark in terms of his injuries. Yeah. He had 140 targets last year, so 
I don't know if he pushes that with all these weapons around there, but I could definitely see him beating his yardage and touchdown total from last year, especially the touchdowns. It. Yeah, I'm into it. Cool. And he's one of those guys who can drop back and throw a pass, too. Hey, you never know. Kirk, throw, throw, throw a pass at Kirk Cousins in the end zone. Maybe Beautiful. You'll see it. All right, you mentioned Pierre Garçon is out of Washington. He signed with the 49ers. Um, I mean... Yeah, this is... I don't have a... I mean, I don't have like a a different take than everybody else does. I think everybody likes this signing from a real-life perspective, and he's in a situation where he could get a ton of targets, like be a clear alpha one receiver like he has been for Kyle Shanahan in the past when right. they played together in Washington. Right. Um, good fit. And also, you know, I know the temptation will be like, well, people went aggressive with like, oh, there's going to be volume in San Francisco's <laughs> offense last year, and that's definitely true, and yours truly was the chief of that bandwagon. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but this, this, year, this year is different because – they have Brian Hoyer at quarterback, and I know that doesn't sound super inspiring, but no, it doesn't. We've seen from Brian Hoyer that like he's probably at this point we can probably say he's probably the best backup quarterback in the NFL. And when he's out there starting, he can pump his weapons, or especially his top weapons, full of targets. I mean, he made DeAndre Hopkins sick. Right? Yeah, honestly, he might have. He might have like that might be DeAndre Hopkins' like best statistical year, yeah. just because he pumped all those targets to him. And he's done the same in other spots, too. When he locked onto a guy last year, you know, whether it was Cameron Meredith or uh, Kevin White, I mean, he would feed those guys, even over Alshon Jeffrey. So if he likes Garcon, I think this is a good spot for him. Cool. All right. Uh, the next one's kind of a big deal. Deshaun Jackson goes to t- the Tampa Bay uh, Buccaneers. Yeah. I'm into this for sure. I mean, from from like a fantasy sense or whatever, I mean, Deshaun is going to be the same player he's always been. Right. But I think this really improves the rest of the offense. Uh, For sure. Deshaun Jackson is still one of the best vertical threats in the NFL. He opens things up for the rest of the field, whether it's the pass game or the run game. Um, he's going to make life easier on Mike Evans. He's going to make life easier on Cameron Bray. He's sure going to make life easier on Jameis Winston, who, sure. who is definitely willing to throw down the field. Um, and now the question is just, like, who do they get in the backfield? Because, I mean, they re-signed Jacquez Rogers, and, you know, he, he was definitely a player that the coaching staff trusted with, like, 35 carries or something in one game. So definitely this offense is looking like as long as they add a running back, this could be a really scary team. For sure. Because they added Chris Baker on from also from Washington on defense, too, who was a really underrated uh, 3-4 defensive end. They'll probably play inside for them. And their defense was pretty good in spurts last year, so. Cool. Bucks look like a pretty good sleeper team. I like uh, just just Djax and Winston, like their playing styles, just it's kind of like a perfect match because Deshaun Jackson's a deep threat, and like you said, Winston throws the ball down the field. And yeah, Jackson's pushing 31, I think, years old. Mm -hmm. He still clocked the third fastest speed in the NFL last season at 22.6 miles an hour per next-gen stats. Yeah, Uh, he hasn't lost much. No, it's crazy. So he he can... Still, still get it done, but yeah, he's also not one of these players that he comes into the offense and like has to demand, uh, you know, x amount of share of the targets. Like he's never been a player that you funnel an offense through, but right. here he does doesn't have to be. Right, that's what Mike Evans is for. Yes. All right, next we got Cordero Patterson uh, goes to the Raiders. Still has me blocked on Twitter though. Well, I don't. Know, he's not. I don't think he'll be much of a fantasy impact. Probably about no. the same as he was with the Vikings, but. He did start to show, you know, I'll give my boy CPAT credit, even though he doesn't want me to see his tweets, yeah. uh, apparently, that, you know, he did 
kind of start to put it together last year in terms of just being like a functional player in an offense. I mean, he was getting all of his snaps and targets from right wide receiver, which is really smart of the coaching staff, like just limit what you're giving him. And I think that's, you know, trying to be nice here, but like that's what he can handle. That's what he can do. Yeah. Uh, limit limit what's on his plate or whatever. Block. Yeah. <laughs> that's maybe this is one block. Um, but I think it's cool. It's a good fit for the Raiders. I mean, they need some more juice. Like, yeah. If he can just run, you know, two or three routes effectively, right. he could beat out Seth Roberts for the number three uh, receiver spot. That's what I'm thinking too. So I don't know, but maybe Amari Cooper on the field at the same time. Right. Damn. Also, it's just it's. He's one of the best return men in the NFL. Right. So that's a, it's a good bump. upgrade for them. Uh, so Ted Ginn, your boy, goes to the Saints. Why is he my boy? I don't know. You Panthers. I mean, the, the Panthers did just lose their best receiver to, to a division rival. So. Ooh, burn. I mean, I'm, <laughs> facts are facts, bro. And Kelvin Benjamin has blocked you, too. <laughs> facts are facts, bro. That's okay. De- Devin Funch has had me blocked for three years. Um, but anyways, <laughs> you know, this is this is definitely like a – a step down from Brandon Cooks, but he's going to produce there in New Orleans. I would be shocked. I mean, they've always had like that Devery Henderson type of field stretching receiver, and obviously Brandon Cooks is like the, the top tier best version of that role. But yeah. I think Ted Ginn can probably play it a little bit. So good for him. And Drew Brees knows where to put the ball. If you play in best ball leagues, I mean, just take Ted Ginn in like the fifteenth round or whatever, and you know you're going to get some spike weeks out of that. He'll have forty seven points in Week Nine. Yeah, something outrageous like yeah. that. But he's also like never really done a damn thing anywhere other than Carolina. So, right. but at least we get two Ted Ginn revenge games per year. Nice. <laughs> All right, next. Uh, don't really know how much of an impact it's going to have on fantasy players, but both Kendall Wright and Marcus Wheaton have signed with the Chicago Bears. Okay, so let me ask you this. Yeah. Because I posted this poll on Twitter. Um, Excluding Cameron Meredith, because I think he is the odds-on favorite. And if you want to talk about Cameron Meredith, we can, because I'm a big Cameron Meredith fan. But we'll we'll exclude him, uh, because like I said, I think he he should be the clear-cut favorite for this. Who do you think catches more passes for the Bears next year? Kevin White, Kendall Wright, or Marcus Wheaton? Probably Kendall Wright. Yeah. Just because he's like the veteran guy. Yeah, that's that's what I would He's, think too. I feel like he just kind of got lost in the shuffle in Tennessee and had some injury issues popping up here and there and could never get in a groove with Mariota. Yeah. I, it's, it was pretty clear that like both coaching staffs seemed to sour on him too, especially this most recent one because even when he was productive and like putting up nice weeks for them, they hardly ever played him more than half the snaps. Right. So he was always a bit player. Um, I think there's a chance he could rebound there. I mean, Mike Glennon, who the hell knows. But um, it is definitely a a situation where I I could see him filling a nice role there. Um, Marcus Wheaton, like, LOL, that's a joke. Like, what? I have no idea. Like, that signing just doesn't... So weird. You you see teams make moves sometimes, and, like, signing Marcus Wheaton for more money than Brandon Marshall, like, what's your justification for that? That's insane. I have no idea. But... um, Kevin White's kind of the big X factor because he has, when he's not been hurt, he's been bad. So, I don't know. God, people who drafted Kevin White in Dynasty Leagues two seasons ago with, like, the first overall pick. Yeah. Sorry for you. Or in rookie drafts, at least. Just just been sitting in that IR spot for two years. Yeah, there's a pretty, I've, I've learned a lot from, um, you know, this is a little, I can go on a longer sidebar about this, but I've learned a lot about uh, just range of outcomes and like projecting things for like rookie picks or whatever like that year I had Doriel Green Beckham and Kevin White as talents or whatever Mm -hmm. rated higher than Amari Cooper but like that looks stupid in hindsight I mean hindsight's whatever but 
Mari Cooper had a much better resume, was much younger. Like those things matter a lot, and I've learned to definitely take those into more. Were of you just trying projecting. to get cute with it, or no? I mean, I just legitimately believed like their ceilings yeah. or whatever were higher, and you know, maybe in some theoretical world they would have been, but you know, we exist here in reality, and here yeah. in reality, things like pedigree and age and all that sort of stuff matter a lot when you're projecting things for the future. And uh, the I, future. Yeah, I mean, I. And it's not that I thought Cooper was a bad prospect. I actually think that like he's been exactly what I thought he would be in the pros. I just I think it's easy to get caught up in ceiling and hypotheticals and, and talent. But if you're you know if you're projecting things for the future, I think you you gotta bring in some of those more conservative attributes. Cool. All right, Martellus, tight end uh, Martellus Bennett goes to the Packers because Jared Cook is an idiot. No longer a Packer, I guess. Jared Cook's an idiot, dude. He apparently turned down more money. Uh, either he's an idiot or his agent is an idiot. Turned down more money than what Bennett got to stay with the Packers, and now he is still not on a team. Weird. It's very weird, but great, great move for Bennett. I mean, go from playing with Tom Brady to playing with Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. Sounds pretty nice. Got himself a ring, goes to another team, whatever. Could get another ring this year. Right. They also signed Lance Kendricks, too, so it's clear they um, want to have two, you know, maybe maybe a bit more two tight end packages. I don't know. They're just stealing Rams tight ends, right? Jared (laughs) Cook. Winning strategy. Yeah, I don't think so. Yeah, so, I mean, I guess the the only position that Ted Thompson is aware you can sign free agents is at the tight end spot. I guess so. Well, yeah, but Eddie Lacy. Yeah, let him go. Oh, right. He left the Packers. My bad. Oh, jeez. All right. You're fired. This is it's my contrarian take. It's my hipster take. What do you want? Oh, okay. Understood. Like, Eddie Lacy left the Packers, but he's actually on the Packers. No, no, no. But yeah. Okay. That makes I've just confused sense. the hell out of everyone listening. All right. Let's move on. Rex Burkhead. The other goat, according to Rex Burkhead Twitter. Yo, did you see Evan Silva like changed his avatar and his header to the, the, a picture of Rex Burkhead? Evan right? Silva loves just, Rex Burkhead. And just tweeted out LFG, which I su- suppose means let's go. Nice. Yeah, so that's Tom Brady's thing. Yeah. Or, let's go. Yeah, I mean, yeah. He said on the Fantasy Feast today that uh, his nickname is Rex MF and Burkhead. Oh, God. <laughs> so he loves Burkhead. Yeah, so Rex Burkhead signs with the New England Patriots. That's a big deal. They are. He's a pass. Technically, right? He's like a pass catching back, and they already have James White and Deion Lewis. So people he's are a like, pass catching back. Here? He's also he was better than Jeremy Hill last year. I mean, Marcus, Marcus, sure. and I got into debates about this about what it meant for fantasy, and I said it didn't mean anything for fantasy because the team is stupid and still going to give Jeremy Hill touches. And sure enough, they did. Right. Um, but he was definitely better than Jeremy Hill last year. He's definitely going to be a good player for the Patriots, whether it's on offense or special teams, because yep. he, he can be a special teamer too. So running up in the tackles a little bit, and they gave him $3.15 million, which is the highest paid of, of any Pats running back since 2010. That's incredible, that's, man. That's a good sign that they like him, they, they want to use him. You they know. believe he can fly. They believe in the Rex Burkhead experience. <laughs> I can't believe I just did that. Yeah, I can't believe Well, yo, good for Rex Bur- Burkhead. He's been buried on the depth chart in Cincinnati for how many years? Yeah. And now I think he's 27, and he gets he signs with defending Super Bowl champions. And he's the highest paid running back in the Patriots since 2010. Like, I mean, it's just yeah, it's just Go another it, Rex. it's just another GD mouth to feed on that offense, which again is just going to make the projecting yeah. them mature. But exactly, you know, you know, the thing with the Patriots is too. Like, our our mutual friend Scott Barrett tweeted this out. Like, um, you know, th- th- un- former undrafted or former third string running back with 
87 career rushes with 4.7 speed, signs with uh, New England, my column, I yeah. guess, to kind of, you know, say, like, well, who cares? You know, and I, I replied to him and made the point, like, I hear what you're saying, but prior to 2015, you could have typed this exact same tweet out and said 33 career rushes and uh, four or five speed, and you'd be talking about Deion Lewis, and we know how that ended. Right. This is what the Patriots this do. This is what the Patriots do. Matthew Berry tweeted uh, when this happened to he. I thought he put it the best, so he said, another good pass-catching running back for the Patriots. New England is going to be an awesome offensive team next year that will drive fantasy football owners nuts. Yeah. Like, exactly. Breaking news. Bill Belichick, along with all the other coaches, don't care about your fantasy yeah. team. Good, see see the mug. Luck. All right, let's move on. Adam Thielen, uh, Minnesota Vikings, re-upped a new three-year deal for 17 million bones. 17 mil. That's pretty good. That's nice. I'm, I'm looking forward to digging into his reception perception sample mm-hmm. last year because to my eyes and to a lot of the next-gen stats separation and contested catch metrics that we have, he showed up as a really positive player. So I'm looking forward to going in and, and diving, diving back into his sample because, I mean, he did definitely – produce at the end of the last season i think stefan diggs is still a budding superstar mm-hmm. um but Thielen right now is the odds on favorite for the second job there i mean again laquan treadwell caught a pass yes. last year i mean let me reiterate that a pass one one not a good history for guys with that little production i mean i still <laughs> think treadwell i'm still holding out some hope you know maybe just because I really liked him coming out of college. He had a good reception perception. But, I mean, this Thielen deal is definitely a nice nice look for him. Uh, he should, at worst, be one of their top three receivers going forward in a receiver group that has a lot of good bodies right now. Right. And uh, They just need to get their running game straightened out. Agreed. All right. Looks looks like a good outlook for Adam Thielen next year in fantasy. Now let's talk about the real GOAT. Uh, the Steelers, my boys, signed Justin Hunter for some reason. I mean, they, they left. <laughs> They let Marcus Wheaton go, right? That's yeah. fine. Whatever. Get him out of here. Sammy Coates has no hands left. So they got Antonio. Martavis Bryant has not been reinstated. Martavis, right. He's like the big question mark right now, right? So maybe they're adding depth. He's applied for reinstatement, but he's not officially been reinstated, okay. despite the fact that he is eligible for reinstatement. So so we got to keep an eye on that. Yeah, I mean, that would be awesome back. if he could come back. But basically they have Antonio Brown, Eli Rogers, and now Justin Hunter. Am I forgetting anyone? Kobe Hamilton. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah, so I think it's okay you forgot about Yeah, him. right. But so Jesus Christ, man. Like people were <laughs> people were still like tweeting tweet talking them into Justin themselves into Justin Hunter I this know. morning. I know. Like sharing his mock draftable athletic web and like, well, you know, Justin Hunter has been awful. Yes. Awful. So throughout. so awful that in camp a couple years ago with the Titans that they put J A G. The Jag, yeah, like, to like humble him or whatever. Oh, no, you're guess, bad. I guess it didn't work. No, it didn't work. <laughs> Like no, he's the he's definitely the worst reception perception I've ever charted. Oh my god, really? Yeah, he's the worst. Oh no way! I mean, I'm also like I'm not charting like the bottom of the roster like Kobe Hamilton guys like yeah, charting with anybody. Still, yeah, it's worse than Cordero Patterson. Come on, Steelers! <laughs> oh. I don't know, and I guess it's anytime like a, a winning organization signs a player like this, people are like, oh well, yeah, you never know. But finally, it was a good quarterback or whatever. Yeah, give me a break. I mean, it didn't work for Sammy Coates. I don't think it's gonna work for Justin Hunter. Stop talking yourselves into Justin Hunter. All right, let's move on because I'm gonna lose my mind. Yeah. All right, Browns offensive line moves. Yeah, this, uh, this, this was this was a this was intriguing to me. Um, I wanted to talk about more than just offensive skill position players because I'm a real football analyst. And I'm not. Yeah, you're you know whatever it is that you do here. Ooh, wow, 
I'm just kidding. Hey, we haven't burned the NFL Fantasy Live podcast yet. I'm like, sorry, what? How, how long are what we is, What is that show you, you're talking about? Oh, there we go. All right, let's move on. Just All right, dead. Brown's offensive line moves. Uh, I don't want to be, no, I don't want to be mean to the NFL Fantasy guys anymore because they called me today uh, for their call into the wild segment yeah. and I didn't answer because I, I work out in a dungeon of a gym that doesn't get any cell service. Yeah. So they left me a voicemail and I feel like their feelings are, are real hurt that uh, I... I was going to say we, but me in particular, taking a lot of shots at him. So I just want to say, love those guys. Love Adam Rank. Love Marcus Grant. Love uh, love James Coe. Um, Are think, you forgetting? Oh, him? I love Alex right, Gellar, my go. roommate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, I, I don't want to take any more shots. All right. I, this good. is an official truce. Truce. Deal. No more no more taking shots on our on our parent podcast, on our on our side shoot podcast. Got it. But anyways, what were we talking about? Oh, yeah. Brown's, no, Brown's offensive, offensive line. line. So they signed Kevin Zeitler to a nice deal i think that's a good signing they signed uh treader from the packers who's been good when he's been on the field but he's been hurt they also gave an extension to joel batonio made him a highly paid guard he's been great when he's played he's a former second round pick i think this is a, their offensive line now from thomas to left guard there is looks really nice or for to right guard there looks really nice they got to sort out who the right tackle is going to be but also, I think this is really important for Isaiah Crowell, who yes. the team slapped a second-round tender on, which is nice. I mean, remember C.J. Anderson last year? Like, people don't necessarily they're not, like we've seen from the market right now. They're not valuing running backs very right. heavily, right. and I think honestly, like, it's good for Crowell. The, the organization clearly likes him. Other teams have even tried to you know sniff around and make offers to him. Hugh Jackson uh, must really like him, and I think I mean, he was good last year. Yeah. The problem is they didn't have a good offensive line, and they were never in plus run place situation. He's gotten better each year. It's just that he's been with the Browns for three years, right? Since he entered the league, and they're just so bad that all, the opportunities aren't there, the scoring opportunities aren't there. But I really like Isaiah Crowell as you know in a vacuum as a running back. Me too, and I mean Duke Johnson like. <laughs> Definitely did not take that job last year. Crowell right. was way better. Um, Duke's just a nice pass catcher. But, yeah, it's a great move for him. And, and the Browns rebuilding their offensive line. Like, they have to spend their money. That's why they made that Brock Osweiler deal. Right. Um, they have to spend their money. They have a lot of money to, to spend. Right. Because potentially they could just eat, what, $16 million of Brock Osweiler? Well, they were $100 million under the cap. Yeah. And you have to get to – you have to spend 89% of the cap. So, yeah. like, that was an outrageous money they had to spend. There's no way they could do that by just signing a bunch of free agents because – it's not like a lot of people want to pay, you know, go to Cleveland. So right. it's great that they're spending their money on these kind of like safe offensive linemen signings. I mean, we've seen offensive linemen move around a free agency and it doesn't work out. But like to me, it's it seems unlikely that you know these guys would come in and bust and you know re-sign your own player like Petonio. And you know this is what your identity you want under Hugh Jackson. So I think it's a great. I think the Browns have had an awesome offseason. Yeah, they're crushing it, except yeah. for the Brock Osweiler thing. But they're not gonna. Well, that's but that was a I think that was a great move because right. they just blow the money, right. you know, whatever. They had like they again, they had to blow the money. He's never going to take a snap for them. Right. You know, they'll probably just either cut him or or they'll flip him again for another pick. So, great move. But yeah. Cool. All right. So, Browns might be improving. Uh let's move on to Lions oh. Lions signed some new offensive linemen, there but I kind of wanted to ask like what was the point? Um right. you know, they lost Larry War- Warford in free agency. To the Saints, who's a pretty good guard. They bring in TJ Lang for the Packers. He's a pretty good guard. Mm-hmm. Uh, Riley Reef was like a whatever right tackle. They brought in Rick Wagner, who's a good right tackle. Like, I mean, did anything really change for the Lions? I don't think that nothing. I don't think anything changes for the Lions or their projected running backs. And I just wanted to say that. Okay, that's cool. You're allowed to say that. Cool. 
But speaking of offensive linemen, these tackle contracts, yeah. what the hell is going on in the NFL right now with Matt Khalil from the getting a boatload of money from the Panthers, Russell O'Cone getting a boatload of money from the L.A. Chargers. I mean, I think right now we're seeing more than ever the draft class impacting free agency. Okay. With the way the tackles have gotten a ton of money because it's not supposed to be a good offensive tackle class. Like, typically we have, you know, a, a, a left tackle discussed in, like, the top five, top ten picks. Don't have that this year. Right. So I think teams are being desperate with offensive tackle money. It's a good tight end class, and we've seen the tight ends not get a ton of money. I mean, Jared Cook is still out there, et cetera, et cetera. And then running backs. I mean, it's supposed to be a good running back class. We talked about this last episode. And the running back market has been dead outside of Eddie Lacy and Danny Woodhead. Right. So Nobody wants these washed vets because they know they can get young blood in the draft. Essentially. And not pay them half of what these guys need. Exactly. Interesting. And I think just to close out the news section, yeah. we should just give a quick shout-out to Dontari Poe, who is touring all over America uh, eating dinner with every single NFL team. What? <laughs> I didn't know about this. Well, he's like he's visited Jacksonville. He's, okay. visited, he's visited Miami. I think he's visited several other teams. I think he's going to visit the Falcons, too. Like He's basically just flying around the country, like, like almost like a college recruit. And my, my buddy on Twitter, Trevor Sycama, uh, I think you can find him at Tampa Trey on Twitter. He made the point, or Tampa Bay Trey, excuse me. He made the point, like, Poe is not like a highly recruited guy coming out of high school. So he's basically just doing his recruitment tour now. He's getting flown around all over the country. Right. You know, big nose tag, 340-plus pound nose tackle. He's yeah. just eating steak dinners everywhere. Right. Shout out to him, dude. That's he, awesome. He wanted the experience. He wanted the experience, and he's getting it. He's, nice. getting, he's getting pampered by these NFL teams, and it's awesome. I love he'll, it. He'll eventually probably get paid by someone, and that'll be nice. Yeah. It'll all pay I mean, off. the Chiefs, I think, it looks like they've moved on. They signed Benny Logan to a one-year deal, and it just doesn't seem like Poe's going to be back there, which is too bad. My... Uh, my 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 Chiefs pals on Twitter, I feel like are pretty upset about that, especially my buddy Sully. So shouts to Shelly, Sully and the boys. Sad, sad, sad. Well, all right. Should we uh, take a little break before we get to the uh, the music and questions segment? I say yes. Yes, we shall take a break. Okay. See you on the other side. Bye. All right, everybody. We want to remind you about the sponsor of today's show. It's the Duchamp's Grooming Company. Their vintage-inspired, handmade grooming products for the modern-day man are incredible. They have a fantastic beard oil and beard balm to get your facial hair looking just right. They also have a hair wax to make you look stylish as, as all get out, or even a little bit of lip balm there that's scented very nice. Now, for the ladies out there, if you still want to grab some products from them, which we encourage you to do so, they have plenty of kits to get your loved ones a present. All these handmade products are awesome. I use them every day. I have them in my pocket right now. They even have a signature scent. Um, you can find all this stuff at the online shop at www.duchampsgroming.co. That's duchampsgrooming.co. They have an online shop and follow them on Instagram, duchampsgroomingco, and on Twitter, at Duchamps Groom Co. Find them, follow them, retweet them, and buy their stuff. All right, let's get back to the show. All right. And welcome back to the show, everybody. Uh, we are going to dive into our music and beer segment of the week, but franchise. This segment is also sponsored now. Do you want to tell the people who 
is sponsoring this segment. Sure. It is called Flag and Anthem. They are a men's clothing line. Uh, and look, you don't want to wear the same stuff as everyone else. Absolutely not. But you also don't want to look like you're trying so hard that you're pushing the fashion envelope right off the table. No, I don't. No, because then... Cause then People will call you out. You're like too much of a hipster at that point. So, you know, Flag and Anthem is subtle, smart, well-made style for the kind of guy who values hard work but also knows how to unwind and have a good time. Mm. Look, they got shirts, they got chinos, they got t-shirts, they got hoodies. I'm wearing one of the short sleeve button-ups right now. Oh, yeah. I mean, I look good, right? You... I would say you look damn good. Damn good, I right? mean, Flag and Anthem, they hooked us up. Send us a bunch of stuff to t- test out. Their clothes are awesome. They've done it, you know. They've, they've hooked us up a couple times now. They, those guys are great. They're, they're. I love their clothes. They fit yeah, well. They fit well. The chinos are super comfortable. And for listeners of the Fantasy Hipsters podcast, if you sign on to their website, which is Flag and Anthem, the word and Anthem dot com. That's F L A G A N D A N T H E M dot com. Sign on there, go to the shop, put some stuff in your cart, and then use the promo code, one word, fantasy hipsters upon checkout. You'll get 25% off your first order. 25% off? That's pretty good, right? That's sick. They hooked us up. That is awesome. So flagandanthem.com. You can find them on social media at flagandanthemco. Uh, on Twitter and Instagram. They're going to start doing some random sales on Twitter, so you might want to follow them. Definitely. Catch up on those sales. Use Fantasy Hipsters as your promo code. Get 25% off your first order. Stock up on some short sleeve shirts for the summer months. What, Whatever you want to do. Dude, they hooked our listeners up. Yeah. 25% off. That's great. Yeah. We're going to make sure you guys look great by wearing Flag and Anthem when you use that promo code. And also, now we're going to help you get hip and get get woke to some good stuff with our music and beer segment. I've never felt more square. Yeah, right. Like, yeah, you don't want to be a square like Dad. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Get out of here, Dad. Ugh, Dad. All right. right. Well, tell us, Franchise, who's the music pick of the week? Let's talk some tunes. All right. This group, they're called Aquilo. It's A-Q-U-I-L-O. Oh, you know what? Let me first start off with... I say we forgot about this. Yeah, I, I made a playlist on Spotify, a public playlist that you guys can all follow. I'll tweet it out after we're done recording so you can find it on my Twitter, at Matt Franchise, and find the link there. But basically, I've put we'll together... put it in the show notes, too. Yeah, we'll put it in the notes so you guys have the link. Um, I made a playlist of my favorite songs from the artists that I talk about every week on this podcast. So right now, there's only two artists on there. It's Minus the Bear from our first episode and Rhiannon Giddens from last week. So I will add more songs after I talk about Aquilo, who is the, it's a duo from uh, Silverdale, England, actually. Mm. Um, They formed in 2014 and released a series of EPs all leading up. I think they have four or five EPs, which is a hefty amount, leading up to the release of their debut full-length record entitled Silhouettes, which just came out on January 27th. To give you an idea of what they sound like, it's uh, down-tempo, emotive, soft, calm electro-pop. It's driven by keyboards and synths, kind of cinematic, atmospheric keyboards. And uh, the singer's name is Tom Hingham. And the other guy's name is uh, Ben Fletcher, who does backing vocals and keys. Tom is lead vocals and guitar. His voice is outrageously good. I actually saw these guys live. I saw Aquilo live at the Troubadour here in West Hollywood 
uh, on Monday night, and they they crushed it. The room was loving it. Um, mm. Most most of their songs are kind of slow. You kind of got to be patient with them. They slow, but then they pay off if you give them the attention they they deserve. It's kind of like you you might you got to be in the mood because it's down tempo. But if you're in the mood, it's it's good for chilling with your significant other. Oh, well, vegging out. So of, I shouldn't listen to it then. Yeah, no. I'm alone. If you're the king of the alones, you shouldn't All listen because right, cool. you'll just get depressed. If you're vegging out on a Sunday morning, it's good tunes. Uh, set the atmosphere. Or if you're aimlessly uh, managing your dynasty roster in the in the off season, maybe you put some Aquila on and it'll help you make some moves. I like it. Anyway, good stuff. Well, hey, when I'm uh, when I want to be depressed, I'll just uh, throw that on. Do it. Cool. I actually have a funny story about him if you don't mind me. No, telling. Your podcast. So look, both of these kids, they grew up in the same neighborhood in England, right? Uh, but they were four years apart of age. So they lived like, I don't know if it was across the street or down the road from each other, but because of their age gap, they never really hung out. Um, and both of them were actually front men in grunge and heavy metal bands uh, in their neighborhood there. So they would play the same local venues and they would see each other, but they would never really hang out. And then... Um, the younger guy said in an interview in a magazine recently that uh, the Tom, the older one, saw him, saw Ben as the little shit from across the road, <laughs> and later as that younger musician who always supported his band. So once he started writing solo material, the older guy was like, all right, like you can hang with me now. Like I see you're a musician too. You can write your own stuff. And then they collaborated, started making home recordings, um, and that's how they kind of developed this sound. They were in like heavy rock bands, and they didn't have a lot of equipment to work with so they started you know uh, developing their new sort of mellow sound so they're playing a few showcases at south by southwest this week uh they're performing on late night with seth myers on march 22nd and they're performing the bowery ballroom in new york city on march 20th so that's aquilo and i'll add some songs to the playlist and you guys can catch up on some of their sounds i dig it cool cool sounds like a good band well Get into my beer pick of the week. Yeah, what you've been drinking, dog? This is uh, the Aurora Hoppy Alice IPA from Carl Strauss Brewing. It's out of San Diego. Actually, in fact, excuse me one second. I'm going to go get myself one. All right. Uh, he's, his head, headphones are on the table. He's up. He's on his feet. He's reaching into the refrigerator, searching. He, he he's, has a beer in his hand now. Uh, what, what are you going to do with that beer there, Matt? I'm going to... I'm going to drink it. Wow. That was smooth. And now he's drinking it. Okay. Can confirm. Still good. Wow. So I found, found this bad boy at the, uh, the local, uh, local store, which provides booze uh, here in, in California. Um, yeah, like I said, Carl Strauss Brewing Company, the Aurora Hoppy Alice. It's, like I said, San Diego. It's really good. It's got, like, a little bit of a tropical flavor, so it's good while it's getting a little hotter out here. Tropical, little, little bit tropical, a little bit like citrusy, but not like overwhelmingly citrus notes. Yeah, yeah, little, little citrus notes. All right. So it's it's a really good beer. Um, never had it on tap, just had it out of the bottle here, but uh, can confirm very good. So get yourself some Aurora Hoppy Alice. Listen to the band franchise talked about Aquilo. Aquilo, a lot of A's, a lot yep. of A's here, and. Buy yourself some flag and anthem. Also starts the night, and then you'll be living right. Yeah, you'll be living right. That's how we do here in the Fantasy Hipsters podcast. It is. All right, should we? Uh, well, I'm already drinking a beer now, so this day's over. It's a word. It's all downhill. <laughs> it is all downhill for me. And that's the end of the show. No, well, no, we do have really. to do questions. We got to let's let's blow through these questions here. Sure. 
All right, all right, all right. Let's let's get into the questions. We 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 got some good questions here this week, but before we get into the questions, we have to tell you that the question segment of today's show is sponsored. Today's sponsor is Reality Sports Online Fantasy Site. Yep. So, pretty much one of the best platforms to play fantasy football on in the galaxy. I agree. So, and I can say that as an expert on galactic fantasy. Um, per the per the fantasy expert board of registration, I have my 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 my, my registry card. Okay. Yeah. Uh, but anyways, great <laughs> platform to play. Franchise and I both play on the platform, like we talked about on last episode. Like we both went to the playoffs. In, we did in our uh, in our we made it pretty far RSO league, and it's got year. it's got some sharp guys in there. I mean, Sigmund Bloom's in that league. Matt Waldman, mm-hmm. Bob Harris plays in that league. I mean, if you the who's who of legit bros to play fantasy with. Uh, they're all playing on the platform. A ton of people right, like it. Right. Basically, so what Reality Sports Online is, is it's a platform where you can essentially be an NFL general manager. It's a powerful fantasy sports platform where owners get to build and manage their teams just like an NFL front office person. And that's because it was created by former NFL front office personnel. Features a revolutionary free agency auction room. It mimics the actual NFL free agency process that we're in the midst of right now. Mm-hmm. It enables owners to negotiate and sign the NFL's top talent to single or multi-year contracts. The platform can host up to 32 teams, 32 freaking teams, mm-hmm. and has a ton of other cool features like a rookie draft, multi-team trades, franchise tags, injured reserve, automated contract and salary cap functionality, and much, much more. So go test your GM skills on Reality Sports for free with a 14-day free trial at realitysportsonline.com. If you'd like what you see, use the promo code HIPSTERS, that's just HIPSTERS, to receive a 10% discount on your team or league today. Fantasy just got real at realitysportsonline.com. Nice. So yeah, go check out our sponsors. Yeah. Go get yourself some some percentages off of these awesome products. All yeah. Right. Let's move on to the mailbag questions, buddy. Yeah. I'll start it off. I probably should have got you a beer while I got up, too, and now I feel bad. I'm yeah, I'm just drinking. here with a sad half pint of water. Mm. Thanks yeah. for thinking of me. I mean, I, did, I don't want to interrupt the show again. Right? I won't forget this. <laughs> I'm not going to forget it. All right. Well, I'm going to drink. You just talk. Okay. All right. Our buddy Ernesto, he hits us up all the time. Ernesto from Panama. What's going on? So he has a question for me, and then he has a question for you. So he's asking franchise, since South by Southwest Festival is beginning this weekend in Austin, Texas, have you attended a festival in the past? I personally have never been to South by. I've never even been to Texas. Really? Which is kind of embarrassing. Austin is, is great. I was actually uh, just... So I hear. I was just tweeting about this with somebody today. I've been to Austin, I think, two or three times now. Great each time. It's got, they've got great food. Great I, I'll, I'm always hearing about the music. food in Austin. I, I gotta oh, go just taste the fruits of life. Yeah, oh man. I mentioned I mentioned Sigmund Bloom, who I stayed with last time I was there, yeah. and it was awesome. Austin is a great town. Sweet. And, yeah, so I definitely... Austin is one of the places that had, um, you know... Not, not ended up at NFL Network and here in Los Angeles, I would have probably was one of the places I'd like to move. And you know, when my career does inevitably flame out as a football analyst, I, you know, and I'm like <clears> next a, week, yeah, right. And I'm like a just broke writer or whatever. Maybe I'll live in Austin for a while. Cool. And Asheville. We'll talk about that on another podcast. All right, Harmon. Harmon's dreams of his next life. <sighs> but no, I've never been to South by Southwest. Uh, I I've always wanted to go check it out. Uh, I've been to a lot of festivals, but not South by. But like I said, Aquilo is playing South by Southwest, so check them out. Uh, 
Uh, and then the second part of his question is, if so, which was your favorite performance? I've never been there, but I follow what happens in South By, and I know Prince, rest in peace, a couple years ago did some kind of crazy secret show in a super small venue there. You can find the videos online, and it was like outrageous. He played for like two hours at like one in the morning or something. I just poured one out for Prince. Yeah, God, rest in peace. I have seen Prince live, not at South by Southwest, but probably top two shows I've ever been to in my life. Beautiful. All right, so Ernesto's question for Harmon is, have you been to any beer festivals lately? Uh, we did go to the, we, we went to the beer festival last year in Downtown LA. LA. Um, isn't it, isn't it coming up soon again? Yeah, recently? I think so. Mm. Or maybe it happened. I don't know. They're, I, I don't know if they're every year, every six months, but they have like, they have one that's, uh, a booze cruise where you go out on right. like a ferry for like three Didn't hours. You and, uh, and NFL fantasy live producer, Hytham Kalani go on that. We one did. And it was a blast. I've done that like three yeah. or four times. I got to tell you, man, there's nothing better than a good beer festival. Dude, they're so fun. Just drinking outside all day. They've got food trucks there usually. That's key too. Oh yeah. Well, cause, cause you got to fill up your belly before you get hammed. Exactly. You know, you, last year we did the pretzel thing too. Oh yeah, the pretzel necklaces. That was like a Gelhar recommendation. Yeah. It's like, well, you know, you gotta have your pretzels beer if you're drinking beer all day. That's correct. Yeah. So. That's right. Yeah. That's right. right. All right. Next question. I got a really good story about a beer and wine festival that I went to back in Lynchburg, but we'll talk about that on another podcast. Okay. Yeah. Whatever you want to do, man. Yeah. Uh, all right. So next question comes in from Michael Goins. Uh, if you were to choose between Brandon Cooks and Michael Thomas for this year only in a PPR format, who would it be? It would easily be Michael Thomas. Yeah, for in sure. PPR, I, I standard, agree. real life, whatever. Michael Thomas is the better player. I think he's going to easily be the, fan, the, the, the best fantasy asset this year. Like, I could see him catching 100 passes this year. For sure. That's aggressive, but I could see it. 10 touchdowns? Yeah, well, I mean, I think he he's the touchdown last year. He's the touchdown threat in that offense right now. Right. So definitely Michael Thomas for both of us. All right. Next question comes from Ben Williams. Ben asks, "Why?" I um. Well, that's a good question. It's a good ben. question. I, I I would say because the the forces of the universe dictated it to be so okay yeah that would be my answer to that question i hope that helps ben there you go ben thanks for the great question all right next up uh aaron lewis asks this is a twitter question this is a twitter question thought we weren't taking questions from twitter put the email out and then he replied to my tweet and i said but bro there's an email yeah but I, I know Aaron personally. I, I can't. I got to answer his question. Yeah, I, he's a big I, Patriots fan. He obviously. was actually. He he's was, also he's also your brother-in-law. Yeah, he's or, my, well, you're, my you're future sort of bro-in-law, pretty much. Uh, huge Patriots fan was at the Super Bowl, um, so he's loving life right now. Uh, he asks Gross. if Bill Belichick was a piece of locally grown, sustainably sourced organic produce, what would it be? I say blood orange. That's what Aaron says. I say. And I googled famous foods from Massachusetts. Mm. Bill Belichick would be baked beans. Baked beans? <laughs> Why? Because I don't. I don't he's know. Baking all day in that hoodie. Because he's boring. See, I don't think Belichick is boring. He is boring. Here, let me tell you why. But he's boring on purpose. No, here, let me tell you why he would be cauliflower. Okay. Because on its surface, seems super boring. But you cut the cameras off. He's an electric guy. 
You know, that's sure, what everybody sure, says about him. Sure. And same thing with Cauliflower, as yours truly can attest. Right. Cauliflower on the surface seems super lame, super boring. Like, I don't want to eat my cauliflower. Yeah, like, like, like what I said last week, it doesn't really taste like anything. Right. If you're if you're a sheep, you're like, oh, I'll just dunk it in cheese. And just, that's disgusting. Right. The people that don't, like, the people that put cheese on broccoli or cauliflower, honestly, just shoot yourself into a rocket into the sun. I've never done that. But you see that. You see sure, that. Yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Gross. It's disgusting. Anyways, if you're a sheep, you do that. But... Just like if you're a sheep, you think like, oh, Bill Belichick should answer more media questions. You know, oh, I should put cheese on my cauliflower. That's yeah. not how you spice it up. That's not how you make it better. What you do is you take the cauliflower, you shred it up, you make it into bread, you make it into pizza crust like I've been doing. Follow me on Instagram and see those pictures. Get enlightened. Bill Belichick, cauliflower, same thing. Hold on. What? <laughs> what? Pizza crust from cauliflower? Yeah. I think you left a few steps out of there. Probably. Well, no. You make... You just shred cauliflower and then you put it in the oven and yeah, it well, pizza crust? Yeah, you know what? We'll talk about that next, next okay, week. Okay, fine, fine. We'll talk about cauliflower next week. All right. Aaron, I hope that answered your question, buddy. I'll see you next week. All right. You, you got the next one. Seems like favoritism to me. I don't, I don't know. but uh, Well, I Kyle Borg, Borgogani? Yeah, I think that's how you'd say it. Jeez. But this question is kind of about you so well everything's about me sure. uh if you had to pick one nfl quarterback to be your roommate for a year who would it be and why give me your top three and bottom three in other words Harmon, you have to think chemistry with charlie down with your fire food takes likes film a good brew and who makes alex look like a chump in comparison uh <laughs> he said he signed it cordially not alex yeah jeez that's, that's kyle real. good email Whew, that was harsh. I hope Alex doesn't make it this far into the podcast. I, I tried to bury the hatchet earlier. Remember, I, I declared truce. Oh, you did. Right. I tried to stir it up again, but yeah. you shot, I you shot I me down. I declared That's, truce. You took the high road. Yeah, I, I did take the high road. Good, Good job. Good for me. Yeah. Um, well, okay. I think my bot. Let's go with bottom three right off the top. Okay. Bot, I love Cam Newton. I would not want to live with Cam Newton. Okay. That seems like we would clash just from like a stylistic perspective because he's definitely a guy that you know likes flashy things yeah which is good for him i mean i'm all i love cam newton but yeah definitely don't think that we you know my lifestyle would would go well with with his lifestyle and he'd be stealing all of your oikos yogurts out right of the well, i don't even eat yogurt well that was a joke that was a lame joke Fail. um okay I think I think he'd be in my bottom three. Um, I think living with uh, with Jay Cutler would be fun. Oh, so no. he's in your top three? No, no I take be, it back. He'd just be smoking all the time, and yeah. you'd have to like. He would be in my bottom three because he doesn't really care about anything. Yeah, like, no, he would not clean. Be, he wouldn't right and do anything. Pull back the curtain. Like Alex definitely is the more like adult, normal, socialized. Uh, you know. <laughs> person of the apartment like he's more, and I'm just kind of like a pile that just rolls yeah. on along so I mean, I can I see that yeah, yeah obviously Jay and I would bring each other down okay so, so Jay's in your bottom three so then? Jay's in my bottom wow three. he went from top three to bottom three real quick I think once um, you think about it it's tough it is tough This I should have probably thought about this more because um, I don't really have a lot of good answers but oh Derek Carr would be in my bottom three why because he's too like work hard and like Oh, geez, you know, like, oh, let's see the bright side. I'm like, nah, I don't need that in my life. Like, I need somebody to come home and drink with and complain about things. And I don't think that Derek Carr is going to let me come home and complain and drink. No, probably not. 
Yeah. He's, he's going to be like, yo, I got to study. Yeah. Like, can you keep it down? Exactly. Get out of here. Yeah. Um, I think Geno Smith would be in my top three. Just Dude, I was <laughs> thinking Geno too. Why? What's your reason? Because it would be hilarious. Oh, I was thinking because he'll take all the punches for you. Oh, that's a good point. Right? If you ever get in a fight, you just kind of put him in front and he'll take one to the face. Honestly, there's not a lot of quarterbacks that are appealing personalities. <laughs> like, a lot of these guys are squares. What about Ty God? Do you know about his personality? Ty God seems he like he seems would be... like a cool dude. He seems cool. He seems kind of unassuming. I, I yeah. think we wouldn't... Yeah, Ty God would be my top three. One, because I love him. And two, just... I don't think we would clash very much. I think we would both just hang out, get along pretty well... Um, I think that would work. Philip Rivers, no way. Oh no, he's no. too much of a crybaby. Well, he'd bring he's all got his kids like seven hundred kids. Yeah, Ben. Screw that. No, Joe Flacco, I could kind of see. Oh, what? He seems well. Look, <laughs> he doesn't seem like he takes himself too seriously. Okay. He's he's gotten progressively more fashionable and good looking as his, as he's gone on. I mean, his beard and his hair look. Yeah, a lot but then better. you'd always be competing with that. Well, I mean, what quarterback am I? What quarterback am I gonna look better than? I'm not that handsome. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I guess um, you know none of the none of the Patriots guys are all too handsome. No, screw Tom Brady as a roommate. Honestly, there's just not a lot of like uh, appealing because they're all like leaders and you know type A personalities. Right. You know. I don't need somebody in here. Like, oh my God, Russell Wilson. Jeez, no, no, no. bottom, bottom three. Maybe ne- Carson, negative one. Maybe Carson Palmer. Okay, I can see Carson Palmer and I get along. He seems pretty cool. He likes John Brown. John Brown's my dude. I could see that. I feel like. Dad. Oh, I'm burying the lead. What? Blake Bortles. Oh, yeah, he'd be a party bro. <laughs> yep, he'd be number one. All right, it's Blake. I would do. It would be Blake Bortles because I'm sure he's he's down with some weird food takes. He definitely. Wait, I mean, he doesn't like to watch film, but that's fine. <laughs> Does he even like football? Well, I don't know, but he loves a good brew, and I think that's all I need. Dude, you guys would bond so hard. We would we would kill each other. After and then he you would be like, Yo, do you know Allen Robinson? And he'd be like, Yeah, I know Allen Robinson. And then you guys could riff off of that. Right. Right. Exactly. We both we were both pals with A Rob and wow. uh, like yeah, I think I think it would be Bortles. I also think like at some point I'm gonna have to bail him out of jail. Right. Well yeah. or or he about to bail me out of jail. That's One what, way or another, we're not having a career after that's this. That's what roommates do. Mm. Good right. question. That was that was a lot of fun just thinking about that stuff. Yeah. All right, next one comes from Austin Artinger. He's uh, one of our buddies. I think, was he in the beer league? He, he was, was in one yeah. of the, one yeah, of the he is. Yep. He's yeah. good. He's a good dude. Hits us up all the time. What's up, Austin? Uh, so he says, obviously a lot of change is happening in San Francisco, and I was curious to see your guys' opinions on wide receiver Bruce Ellington and his outlook for 2017. I know Harmon liked him in the late rounds last year before he got injured, and Harmon cursed the entire 49ers and Chargers actually yeah just being honest that wasn't in austin's email i just oh i just ad-libbed that oh cool you you did cool yeah i I kind of did yeah i did (sighs) anyway well what do you think about bruce ellington this year well i mean it's hard to get super optimistic about it because the the most appealing thing about bruce ellington last year was that the talent that i still believe is there um i believe that it was apparent on his south carolina film and i do think he has some ability um that was going to intersect with a lot of opportunity. He was making good on that in training camp and in the preseason mm-hmm. and, and everything. He was definitely showing that he was going to have that slot receiver role in Chip Kelly's offense, which has typically been very voluminous. I mean, we saw Jeremy Curley be productive in that role oh, last year. Yeah, we did. Every time I saw Jeremy Weird. Curley get a targets, and by the way, he got over 100, uh, it was like, man, that should be Bruce's target. Yeah. It was hard. It was what hard. Was- 
It's hard to watch. What was his injury? ACL or something? A, I think it was an ACL, but I don't remember. I don't remember exactly. Yeah, I don't remember either. Uh, something. No, actually, might have. It might have been even. It might have been something different than that. I don't remember. But anyways, it's. I tried to block that out of my mind. Okay. But uh, Bruce Ellington. It's hard to know because they did bring back Jeremy Curley too. Yeah. Um, they've also added Pierre Garçon, like we mentioned. So we no longer know whether that talent is going to intersect with the opportunity. They all. Oh, and they brought in Marcus Goodwin too, who would seem like he. And Jeremy Curley, in some points, can kind of wipe out what Ellington would offer. It's a new coaching staff. Who knows if he's ever going, if that talent is ever going to intersect with the opportunity again? And when you're when you're projecting, you know, statistics or fantasy or whatever, you have to think about not only how good of a player is or what your opinion on the player is, but is it going to intersect with opportunity? And right now, we no longer know that. Whereas last year, it looked like it was going to happen. So, right, I can't feel too optimistic anymore. Gotcha. But I will always love you, Bruce Ellington. It was a torn hamstring, by the way. Oh. Ended his season last year, and that's been his thing. He's he's never been able to stay healthy. Yeah. All right, that's it. That wraps up the mailbag section. Wraps up the show. That wraps up the show, I believe, as well. Next week, I don't know what we're going to talk about, but we'll figure that out. Yeah, we'll figure it out. You can find Matt Harmon on Twitter at Matt Harmon underscore byb. Find franchise at Matt Franchise on Twitter. Uh, you know Harmon's website, thebackyardbanter.com. Check out his receptionperception.com. My website's sticktofootball.com. And the, the, you can find this podcast all those places. Also, fantasyhipsters.com. We have a lot of websites. Pick one and go to it. And please, please, if you're an iTunes re, uh, listener, please rate and review the podcast on iTunes. We need more five-star reviews. We need yep. more ratings. We have to jump up those rankings. And we have to get more listeners that way. So please... Right. Please do that. Right. As much as we don't want to go mainstream, we kind of have to. We're like being. We've got to. We've got to be mainstream. Look, we're not selling out. We're just buying in. The, oh, yes, well said. It's from our from our from our father Adam Rank. And you can send questions to fantasyhipsters at gmail Download, subscribe, rate, and review. That's it. See you guys next week. All right, I'm gonna go finish this beer. Do you want one too? Yes. All right, let's do it. Let's get out of here. All right, hipsters out. Hipsters out. <laughs>